2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified
1: customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
2: line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. t FM Talk Podcast.
1: Yeah, welcome into the Mark Cox Morning Show. Happy that you are with us here this morning. It is the fifth day of January. It might snow. They've already turned to snowmageddon on the local TV stations. What do you think?
0: Uh, Yeah. If one flake drops, they're like, everyone, wall-to-wall coverage.
1: Five days out. I guess next uh, Tuesday we might uh, have the possibility of of at least snowfall that would cover the grass. And um, I I think they've already sent reporters up to the Grafton area because it's going to hit. It's going to, according to the map they showed on Channel 4 earlier, and they won't talk about accumulation amounts yet. It's going to be worse to the north.
0: You know, as much as as ridiculous as it was when they would send me out or any other reporter out in that that van, you know, mm-hmm. tracking yeah. the, the snow and the zero flakes actually falling uh-uh. from the sky. And you just have to say, oh, it looks clear right now. It beats standing on the side of the road and saying snow has not started falling yet.
1: I uh, should have a historical marker on the Tam Avenue overpass because I spent more time there than anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, <clears throat> because you could see the highway from there you could it wasn't uh, that uh, that uh, road there on Tam Avenue that ends by the zoo was not heavily traveled uh, so you could you could park a live truck and, and get a shot out from there back when you, we had the big live trucks so anyway that's uh, that's what they're talking about on the local media for sure on the national media this morning they're all focused on Iowa And the shooting that happened there yesterday, and we're going to talk about that coming up here in uh, just a couple of minutes. The shooter in that case, uh, a a very disturbed, which is understandable, disturbed individual who happened to be a senior uh, who opened fire. And now I didn't hear a single mention in the media this morning, anything about the kid, about the shooter. It was all focused on another gun shooting at a school. The second one this year. It's only January 5th. Uh, of course, not focusing on the real issue. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up in a minute. At the bottom of the hour, Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer is going to join us. He made the announcement yesterday that he is not running for re-election, and it uh, has set off a bit of a scramble in Republican circles for who will jump in to that race. I don't know. As early as today, we could get some people making uh, some uh, some announcements because there will be some advantage, I would imagine, to being the first one. And we'll talk about that with him here at the bottom of the hour. I don't know if he's got any thoughts on that, if he's planning to endorse uh, or what. But we've got him at 735. Right now, uh, let's get to our shortlist. The Mark Cox shortlist. Honestly, Bill Clinton at Epstein Island, that's as shocking as Mike Pence at church. So we saw that coming. <laughs> you know it wouldn't take the late night to shows long to have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, Bill Clinton and Hillary are apparently out of the country somewhere. I don't know if they're in the Dominican. They're somewhere and haven't been back. So they're keeping a low profile uh, while we talk about the Lolita Express. The funds are needed to provide our department with more detention space, with more immigration judges, so justice can be administered more swiftly. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. That guy needs to be impeached. Alejandro Mayorkas, who said even if they gave him more money, he would not agree to stop deporting people. This morning at approximately 7.37 a.m., we had a Sears radioactivation at the high school, which indicated an active shooter situation. That's the Dallas County Sheriff uh, talking about what happened in Perry, Iowa, yesterday uh, after the shooting at that school, and they discovered the shooter, the very disturbed 17-year-old, uh, deceased in a bathroom.
3: The second thing is we have to secure our schools the same way so we secure our airports and our courthouses.
1: Thank you, uh, Nikki Haley. All right. so uh, as I often do in the break there in the top of the hour, I go in to see what the network news is reporting on this morning. And, of course, this was an easy network news coverage story because all of them have reporters in Iowa already covering the caucuses that are coming up. So CBS sent their, their morning guy out there uh, where they all – Another school shooting. Um, they, they never addressed the, the, the subject of securing schools like Nikki Haley referred to there. Uh, another school shooting. The second so far this year. Why do we have to keep reporting on this? Well, because you won't address the real issue. That's why you have to keep reporting on this, because you won't address the real issue. You need to get your head out of your butt. Focus on the real issues. So here's the deal. The, the, they they followed that story up right at the end. They had the the uh, governor of Iowa there, who, by the way, I think endorsed DeSantis, if I have that correct in Kim my mind. Kim Reynolds. Kim yeah, Reynolds endorsed DeSantis. Mm-hmm. So they have her on camera, and they've got that reporter. They do a cutaway to him. What should— The candidates who are in the state be talking about regarding this shooting today, and her answer to him was, "Well, I'm going to leave that up to them. I'm I'm dealing with an emergency here. I'm going to leave that up to them." So then it didn't take long. CNN had them on. Happened to have a town hall scheduled with them last night, which was the timing was good for CNN. Right? I don't know who how many people watched. They did each one did an hour. They had DeSantis on. Then they had Haley on separately next week. They're going to let them do a debate on Wednesday night on CNN while Fox carries President Trump a uh, uh, town hall with President Trump. We'll see who wins that ratings battle. But here's what Nikki Haley said yesterday about the schools. She's
3: absolutely right. The second thing is we have to secure our schools the same way we secure our airports and our courthouses and that means we make sure that we have whatever we need to to make sure nothing comes through bullet wise or otherwise we need to have a security officer at the front of every school we need to have one point of entry no side or rear entries and then we need to make sure that we have someone on staff not a guidance counselor but a mental health counselor it does nothing but look to see which kids may be in crisis, and let's start there. That's-
1: yeah, I think she's she's right. Yeah, imagine the school saying we don't have enough money in our budget for that. Mm-hmm. I got an I, ooh, pick me! I got an idea. Fire the administrator in charge of DEI Mm -hmm. that you're paying one hundred and fifty thousand taxpayer dollars a year Mm -hmm. to institute that nonsense in our schools. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have a counselor in every school. You could pay for two counselors for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars at seventy five grand a year to to look for the kids that are having problems. This shooter, seventeen there's been some, some video images of him released from his social media, which was scrubbed immediately because it's filled with LGBTQ plus crap and um, potentially transgender stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can see that the kid had mental problems to begin with, but set that aside for a minute. Other people are saying he's been bullied from day one, from as long as they can remember, this kid's been picked on. Okay, well, the school bears some responsibility for that, right? N- n- not law enforcement. The school bears responsibility if this kid's really been a victim of bullying since middle school. Why didn't they step in and stop it? And t- to Haley's point, if they had somebody in the schools paying attention to that, maybe they, they could have stopped it. If they'd had metal detectors, they could have stopped it. I've been saying a long time, that's one thing that they've got to step up and do here is, is secure these schools. And then, of course, they went, they went to DeSantis uh, asking about the gun issue. And th- the question was about red flag laws. Uh, I think Dana Lash asked him this question yesterday. Um, and he, he was in Florida during Parkland, right? Mm-hmm. And he sees some of the problems. His red flag laws don't work. But they anymore. couldn't take your automobile or your TV set without due process. That's the cornerstone of a free society. And so I think the danger with red flag laws is that they countermand that But then I think even something different, and you're right, in 2018, when that was done by the Florida legislature, I was a candidate for governor, and I said I would have vetoed that bill on constitutional grounds. Yeah, so he was a candidate for governor when that uh, shooting happened. Red flag laws wouldn't have mattered here.
0: I was going to say, he shouldn't have had a gun. So everyone shouting stricter gun laws, that really is irrelevant in this particular case.
1: The second story CBS did this morning was gun laws are now the top issue in Iowa. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, The media wants that to be the case. Hey, coming up, we're going to get to Jim Carafano from the Heritage Foundation. joins us uh, every Friday at 7.20. Uh, We'll get to him here at the top of the hour. Talk uh, a little bit about uh, foreign policy and the border security situation. And then Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer at the bottom of the hour. Stay tuned.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
1: But when you say that Republicans won't accept the extra funding, they have a problem with the funds being used to release and transport illegal immigrants around the country. So Congress is listening right now. Would you accept the extra funding on the condition that the funds could only be used for detention and removal, but not release into the country? Uh, Brett, the funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more Border Patrol agents. The funds are needed to provide the Department of Homeland Security with more technology. The funds are needed to provide our department with more detention space, to provide the Department of Justice with more immigration judges, so justice
2: can be administered more swiftly.
4: You know, I was born in the South. South Bronx.
1: Jim Carafano from the Heritage Foundation joining us this morning. I, I've never heard a more political answer in my life than the one uh, Mayorkas gave just there. No, I wouldn't take the money if I had to use it for detention and removal.
4: Yeah, so for people who aren't, you know, because I've only been dealing with this issue for 20 plus years. <laughs> yeah. All the all the things he said that we want money for, those are all the things they're using to create the world's largest human trafficking network to parole as many illegal immigrants into the country from all over the world as quickly as they can, contrary to U S law. Yeah. So, so Mayorka's answer translated into non-swamp talk is no, I want money to do what, to do what we're doing now on a larger scale, more efficiently, not to secure the border. That was the answer he gave.
1: It's, it's amazing to, I I saw the report yesterday that, if you consider just the month of December, they could fill up the University of Michigan football stadium three times with the number of people that that were allotted into our country.
4: So, if if you take in the, the total number that they've taken in under Biden so far, you you um, you would have one of the largest states in America. If you put them all in one place, they would probably be fourth, the fourth largest state in the country. And and so, you know, we worry about in addition to the things in front of our face, crime, uh, the huge humanitarian crisis, the incredible cost of half a trillion dollars, uh, opioid deaths, all the things that we see every day. Right. And then then we then we peel off the next layer of the Matryoshka doll. Right. And it's well, Jesus, because the, you know, the next thing they're going to want is amnesty for all these people, which which they think means. 20 million, you know, new Democratic voters to give them a permanent majority in America forever. Thank you. But but then the, no, but then you've got to go to the layer beneath that, which is and this is the we, we used to think was tinfoil stuff until we found out that actually tinfoil works for a lot of things, not just, you know, heating your leftovers. <laughs> um, it's about creating a new world order by by dissolving national sovereignty and creating problems so big and so complex and so demanding that the argument is, is we can only turn this over to the true global elites to manage this. So this is ultimately about establishing a presence for the right to migrate anywhere in the world. And the right to migrate anywhere in the world is code for, we want to control everything in the world. And, you know, I know that sounds like the character, the Michael Myers character, (laughs) you know, out of the, you know, with the bald head, but yeah, I, but that's where but that's ultimately the bottom of all of this. So in every layer that you dig through this, it just gets uglier.
0: What do you think about New York City Mayor Eric Adams now suing 17 of these charter bus companies because they're bussing the migrants in?
4: Yeah, so this is like your house is on fire and so you run to the community association and complain about the guy's big um, inflatable Santa clauses on the law across the street. Right? This is not going to solve yeah. their problem. Most yeah. of the illegal migrants that are heading to New York are actually being brought there by the US government or are just getting there on their own. Mm-hmm. So it's not the people being bused from Texas and Florida that's his problem. And so again, this is just political theater. You know, yeah. this is like this is the the difference here is is during World War II when we entertained the troops, when the Bob Hope show was over, they went back to the front lines and fought Germans. So Eric Adams is putting on this massive political theater, and when it's over, he's doing nothing about the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, does he know the definition of a sanctuary city? <laughs> you know, that, that's what he wanted, right? He's getting what he wanted.
4: Well, you understand. See, you don't know. You don't know the definition of a sanctuary city. The definition of a sanctuary city is to ha- to say you are a sanctuary city, and and get all the leftist you know, progressive hand-slapping and, and moral, you know, virtue, but not actually have to do anything. Yep. Bingo. The definition of sanctuary city is not actually providing sanctuary for hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants who are draining your community and who are are, are destroying the, the, the city that you're living in. Yep. I you know, in fairness, a lot of these stuff, well, we brought them here. Biden brought them here. I, I'm not demonizing illegal immigrants i mean who would they did a poll that said like a billion plus people want to come to the united states i don't blame them i love living here it, you know it, I, so i'm not blaming them but the reality is is it's their fault um that i mean it's their presence that's that's that that's destroying all this and and we let them in but but they are lawbreakers. you know it's, and we would go about this before is, is if if you commit murder or another crime say tax fraud right you're the president son of the president of the united states and the government doesn't prosecute you it's still a crime so because the government is letting in letting them in contrary to the law it what they're doing is still wrong and it's still a crime
1: yes yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's no doubt about it jim listen my friend we're going to run out of time here i appreciate uh, appreciate your time this morning all right thanks buddy <clears throat> always a pleasure having you on jim Carfano. From the uh, Heritage Foundation, uh, senior national security and foreign policy uh, expert there, and of course, a, like, advisor to the president. It's, it's so deal.
0: funny when Eric Adams <clears throat> says something about, like, it's a crime to be sending all these illegal immigrants over to New York City. I'm like, did you hear what you said? Illegal. They're not supposed—they did not come in the, <laughs> the right way. Did, the, how the, do you not hear that when he, when he says those words? Like, come on.
1: But then they'll turn around and tell you you shouldn't call them illegal. No human yeah, being is illegal. That's
0: offensive, Mark.
1: No human being is illegal.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley said that in 2015. Come on. Got to go back and check the tape, please. Coming up, Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer is not going to run for re-election. We'll talk about what that's going to mean for Congressional District 3. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring.
1: Working on a little bit of breaking news here for you that that all morning we've been reporting the city of St. Louis is recommending masking again, right? Uh, That's just kind of been a headline this morning on all the local media. St. Louis Department of Health recommends wearing masks in public. Here's what we just found out that I didn't know. What the city of St. Louis is also doing is starting today, they're mandating masks for all city employees. So it's a mandate. It's not a recommendation. It's a recommendation for the public, but it's a mandate for the employees. And I'm going to post the letter that was sent to me by a city employee pointing this out. It's it's highlighted on this document, and I am posting it to Facebook right now. I think Kim's putting it out on Twitter. But just so you know, this has now stepped up another level. So I wanted to get that out there, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking about it to, throughout the remainder of the morning. Right now, I want to get to Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer, kind enough to give us a few minutes this morning. Of course, uh, Congressman in uh, CD3. And uh, Blaine, welcome back to the show, sir. How are you?
5: Good morning. Great to be with you, Mark. Absolutely. Uh,
1: So you made a big announcement yesterday. What uh, what led you to this point?
5: Well, uh, I'm going to be 72 years old in May, and uh, my health is still good. And if I retire with good health, I can enjoy my retirement. If I wait another four or five years and uh, spend some more time in D.C., which is, a, you know, I can still do that. I am lined up to probably be the next chairman of the Financial Services Committee. But in the meantime, at my age, there's things that can happen. And so I could wind up being able to sit on a front porch and watch the sunsets. to be all I could do with my retirement. So it's a situation we discussed with uh, my family very thoroughly over the holidays, um, and they decided that... Uh, It'd be nice to be able to spend some time with grandpa and, and be able to uh, spend some retirement time with my family. And so that's basically it.
1: Well, good, good for you. And congratulations on, on that decision, because I, I know that being a member of Congress with elections every two years, it's almost like a, a hamster wheel, right? I mean, as soon as you win you election, you're, you've got to start running again.
5: Well, and that's what we were doing, uh, because we always have a family meeting to decide if I'm going to run again. And if so, can the family... You know, continue to put up with all the stress and nonsense of my job that falls back on them sometimes and so it's a family decision it's not just my decision and so uh, I was sitting there discussing with them and explain the pros and cons of everything and then at my age uh, it, it's just you know um, you begin to see some of your friends who aren't here anymore and you see other friends that have retired and are able to enjoy some of their retirement years um, and so you know at age seventy two uh, you you think about things about life, about the rest of your life differently than you do when you're fifty two and so um, it was a it's a very personal decision. Um, I enjoy my job i I'm not leaving because I don't like going to d c every week it's yes, it's challenging yes it's a it's a swamp, but uh, I knew that going <laughs> in and it's not going to change the, the, the founding father designed it to be a very difficult system to get things done. Uh, but if you're willing to do the work. Uh, and and get, you know bring people together, you can actually accomplish a few things. So uh, it, that that's the part that people think about, but it's not the part that is really driving me to make this decision. This is a more personal decision based on how I want to spend the rest of my life,
0: Congressman. This is uh, Kim. You know, Mark and I have been talking this morning about a number of people who could potentially step in and, and fill that spot. Any thoughts on who you'd like to see step up?
5: No, we're gonna we're gonna let the field uh decide itself and let it play out. Uh, I've had a number of phone calls already from different individuals who were interested. Um just kinda feeling me out and see once what the job all entails and you know, how the district sets up. Um, you know, what kind of problems, issues you have with running a campaign and the district is spread out as it is and over the different media markets. Uh so it you know, there there's some there's some good people uh seriously considering it and so we'll we'll see once whether they step up and put the name on the ballot. Um, you know, filing starts the end of February, and it goes through the end of March. So uh, by the 1st of April, we'll have an idea who the, uh, the potential candidates are, and from there we can start to uh, weed the field out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wondered about that. Your, your district was part of that redistricting last time around. It it made um, the St. Charles County area out there a, a bigger part of your district, Correct.
5: Yeah, I think it, uh, it makes up something like 40 to 42% of the district um but the, it's it's a different dynamic with the rest of the district compared to St. Charles. So it's it's a <laughs> you have to you have to travel around the district to really understand what I'm talking about when I say that. Um and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that you know demographically uh and and topographically it it's a, it's a these are different different areas around my district that you have to um, Understand the the difference in the people's views, the difference in, pe- in the local economies, uh, the difference in um, how you know people view things. Uh, there there's a there's a diff- distinct difference between St. Charles and uh, and the Gasconade County, for instance. Uh, I mean, you know, those. I mean, those are a couple nice. extremes, and you be you better be able to uh, talk to those people on their level and understand their problems in each one of those areas. Otherwise, you're not going to get their support. It's a it takes a very unique individual to be able to, and I always say you got to be able to be in the boardroom in the in the morning and be in the bean field in the afternoon. Be able yeah. to, to work the district, and I actually did that one day. So, uh, it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting district. Great people, lots of uh, industry, lots of farming. Uh, Lots of uh, water in the district because you have to water issues are a really big deal, but uh, yeah we're, we're I'm excited that, you know for the last year here we've got a lot of good things going and we want to continue to uh, represent all the good folks of the district in our state in d c over this next year. we've got a number of things that I hope we can continue to work on and finish up and uh, and we'll see but um, we'll we'll see once whoever comes out of the pack and uh, addresses all this they'll they'll have their work out it for them because it's a very different, uh, cut-up district uh, with the different entities around it and the way that it's structured.
0: This will certainly be a busy last year for you in Congress, and I know you have some <clears> important <throat> deadlines coming up to keep the government funded and everything going on with the border. How confident are you that you guys will get some of these things passed and avoid a, a shutdown?
5: Well, we'll get them passed. I don't know we will avoid a shutdown. Um, that's always a problem. Uh, I know our speaker um, is adamant about not doing, not getting a shutdown, and so he'll do whatever it takes to keep that from happening. Uh, unfortunately, we've got a handful of people that that's what they want. They want to shut the government down so they can be heroes to the folks back home. They think, uh, but they actually hurt the country when they do that. Um, you know, it's uh, it costs lots and lots of money whenever you you don't. Um, whenever you do shut the government down because there's a lot of um, stuff that happens that most people don't realize. And it's, it's not a, it's not a win-win. You actually cost you more than it does that you say, but there there's some folks that they think that's the, the best way for them to get on TV and um, be able to go on the, uh, on social media and make some money. And so it's all about them rather than the issue of shutting down the government. And that's unfortunate because uh, shutting down the government helps nobody. Um, it forwards, uh, a lost cause, I think. Uh, but um, you know, that's that's part of the process. You know, <laughs> you have some people there who um, have a definite difference of opinion on how this all works, and so we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, but,
1: but uh, speaking of that, I mean, right now there's this question of of a debate <coughs> with the White House and the Democrats in the Senate over allowing some sanity at the border in return for this big funding bill they want for wars in Ukraine and Israel. Um, do you expect they're going to stand firm on that? I mean, I'd like to think the Republicans are going to stand up and, and make this happen.
5: Yeah, I think, I think uh, if you look at Joe's history of uh, negotiations, if you keep him in a corner long enough, he will give in. And I think uh, we've got the perfect um, uh, issue here to be able to get to the border problem. It is, uh it is becoming even on some of the more liberal news channels it is becoming an issue and when that happens you're going to see the administration start to, to take notice of it and i think they are they 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 know they're in a, in a box and they don't know how to get out of it we're helping them with this uh by allowing them to um to uh, to to you know do some work on the border here for the dollars to be able to continue the israeli and and ukrainian wars so uh yeah, I, I I don't know what the holdup is there. I think they they acknowledge that they've got a problem. We, well, three hundred thousand people came across the border last month and in, and uh, in, uh, in along our southern border, and it that can't continue. That that is crazy stuff. Three hundred thousand people. That's that's unimaginable. And along with that comes all the crime, comes all the drugs. And I sit on the fentanyl task force. I mean, you know, cartels in Mexico now control forty percent of the geography of Mexico. It's a 13 plus billion dollar trade that uh, they're involved in there uh, right. business there and a lot of the precursors the ingredients that they use for making fentanyl come from China I'm on the China select Committee so i'm I'm aware of and involved in and, and around these these issues all the time and it is uh, it is just horrible what it's doing to our country and the administration is doing nothing about it and we're giving them a chance here to actually do something with it with uh, doing our border bill and then allowing them to continue to fund the, uh, the war effort. So we'll see. I think, I think they'll eventually give in. Uh, it may not be exactly what we want, but I think we'll eventually get most of what we want on
1: it. Well, uh, Congressman Luke Meyer, I appreciate you giving me some time this morning <laughs> and uh, congratulations on, on your decision here, uh, to, to step away when your term is up.
5: Well, thank you. We're, uh, we're looking forward to it, Got to, looking forward to the coming year, but I think, uh, as we get closer to the end of the year, we'll we'll look forward to uh, a different uh, lifestyle, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's been an interesting and, a, and an honorable uh, profession for the last several years for myself and my family. We've enjoyed it, uh, but it, I think it's a good point in my life to uh, step away and make a change. And we're happy to do that. So. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you this morning, Mark, and I look forward to it again later on down the road.
1: Yes, sir. Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer there from uh, CD3, and uh, good to get him on here this morning talking about that. I, I would guess, and he basically said he's not going to endorse. He's going to wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would be—I I don't think they'll get into a primary against each other, but I'd be surprised if, for example, former Senator Bob Onder, who has announced he's running for lieutenant governor, wouldn't consider switching over to this race pretty quickly. Uh, and if he doesn't, then I would guess maybe Nick Schroer, who just got elected to the Senate, um, would be interested in this race. He's he's kind of hinted at that on social media. I haven't spoken to him about it. Uh, there are a lot of people out there whose names have been thrown around, and I'll, I pointed this out earlier. You don't have to live in a, in a uh, congressional district to run for that seat. Now, that may not reflect well on you with the constituents at some point if you don't move into the district, but people that live just on the edge of CD3 could easily – If they're a public figure, I would think, and have some name recognition, could throw their hat in the ring Mm -hmm. and then announce they're moving out there somewhere. I
0: mean, being in that district, I don't care if you live (laughs) in the district. I don't care where you live. As long as you represent me well, that's what I care about.
1: That's what most people are going to care about uh, for sure. And we're going to continue this conversation. When we come back, more on this uh, memo that we've just posted to social media. Kim put it out on Twitter. I've retweeted it. It's on the Facebook page. What's going on in the city of St. Louis is now a mandate to wear masks if you're an employee. And I've not seen this reported on any local media this morning. Kim and I have scoured the local media websites. Nobody else is reporting this. Uh, It deserves more attention because it is a mask mandate for the city of St. Louis. Uh, We'll talk about it. Coming back.
2: Ladies and and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right. uh, I,
1: to the best of my knowledge, we are the first ones to report this this morning. Yeah. I've been to the Channel 4, Channel 2, Channel 5 website. And they're all reporting that the city of St. Louis is recommending wearing masks in public as respiratory threats uh, and data increase, respiratory uh, threats from COVID and RSV. None of them are reporting that the city is mandating masks now for city employees effective today. And all I can figure, Kim, is that the the press release put out to the media by the city is not the same as the internal memo put out by Tashara Jones and the health department to employees, because this was texted to me earlier this morning, and it very clearly states beginning January 5th, city of St. Louis employees will be required to wear a mask indoors.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and you'll, you'll notice this particular release, to your point, Mark, doesn't say anything about a recommendation for the public in indoor public spaces. So yeah. you're right. It was probably a, an intentionally separate press release.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, with activity of winter viruses rising at such a rapid pace, we must take action. Um, beginning January 5th, 2024, City of St. Louis employees will be required to wear a mask indoors While on duty, city of St. Louis employees must wear a face covering when riding in city vehicles with one or more individuals. So, in other words, the police uh, and everyone else, city park workers, if they're out driving around in their trucks, they're all going to have to wear a mask if they're in a city vehicle, too.
0: Yeah. Doesn't say anything about let's do two weeks to slow the spread for RSV and, and COVID and the flu because that's what they're worried about. It just says there is a mask mandate now in place. And what's interesting, and I've been talking about this this morning because I think it's important, you have to put context to this perspective, right? They say, at least on the Channel 4 website, current hospitalization rate is 15.5 cases per 100,000 residents. When I did the math, it is 0.015%. That is what they are going off of to put this in place.
1: Uh, Anybody want to take bets with me on how long it takes Sam Page to do the same thing in St. Louis County? Because they've broken the ice here by requiring county city employees to mandated for masking.
0: Let's take a guess.
1: My guess is before the before the day is out. My, uh, before Monday, I'd I I'd put long odds on that by Monday, county employees would be required to wear a mask.
0: I'm going to say by next Friday the 12th.
1: So let's go back to the sound bite. Let's go back to the bite. Governor Parson in Jeff City on Wednesday with me when I asked him the question about what he would do in, in regards to a mask mandate. Governor Parson here with us this morning. Los Angeles County just reinstituted mask mandates in their health care facilities out there. It, it makes me worry that could happen again in St. Louis County, for example. Uh, wh- where do you stand on something like that? And, and would you talk to your director of health and try to step in if they went that direction
3: again? Well, Most certainly. Look, we've been talking about these issues ever since they've happened to make sure we, we don't go down some of the roads that. that People in the state went down. Uh, We don't want any more mask mandates. We don't want any more vaccine mandates. You know, people know enough about this issue to make their own decisions. We don't need government doing it for them. Uh, I I hope that people in Missouri learned a good lesson, whether it is St. Louis County or whether it is some of the health directors in the state. You better realize that people are not going to put up with this a second go around. So I'm just telling you, I think that's a huge mistake. I think what Los Angeles County, uh, you got to consider the sources where that's at. Yeah. Uh, that's about as screwed yep. up as it can be. But I, I hope, I hope Missouri, uh, the people in this state understand how important this is and where people stand on this issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the governor
1: repeated again. Wait. All
3: along, wear a mask, you know, to where I've gotten in trouble for saying that over the years. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but the reality of it is it needs to be an individual decision. If somebody wants to wear one you feel protected about, that's fine. Uh, but I don't. I, we're not going to do any mandates in this state on any kind of mask.
1: Now we have a mandate. We'll see what his
2: reaction is. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.